Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Dirt and Spray. Uh, dirt got fired. Um, he's looking for a job. Don't hire him. He's Just, just stay away from the guy. It's uh, Sports Radio. 1080 The Fan, not with dirt. Sorry, dude. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. What is a Sprague? We should just call him Craig. Yeah, that's your new name, Craig. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. I'm here to support a friend and a word calling. You don't know what love is. Welcome very much, Francie. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here with your Thursday morning sports radio. Hope everybody's having a good day so far. It's very early. You learn this when you do this job. Everything's early. It's too early. Everything's early in the morning. It's uh, it's almost 9 o'clock. That's, that's too early, huh? Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, but we're here, nonetheless, for everybody getting ready for their commute or hanging out, drinking their coffee. And uh, we'll talk to Mike Yam, the old yammer, NFL Network, Pac-12 Sirius XM Radio. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the UCLA-Oregon game, and then we'll talk some NFL with him. We've got crunch time around the corner, and we got Ken Barkley coming up in exactly an hour from now of You Better You Bet. And uh, we'll get his thoughts on the, all the lines in the NFL for your gambling purposes. But uh, let's start the second hour. Look, Blazers debuted their season. I didn't know where they were going to slot into the show, largely because I didn't know how the game was going to go. And then I found out as soon as the game was, our, our show was done yesterday, Keegan Murray was going to be out. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Keegan Murray. Guy hasn't played an official NBA game that counts, and I instantly in the first 12 minutes went, man, they miss Keegan Murray. Because <laughs> I think he's going to be a really good player, and I don't know if Portland wins that game if Keegan Murray is healthy. Shockingly, I did not watch King's preseason basketball, but I did read that he lit up preseason basketball. He played pretty well. Yeah. From what I saw, I saw a couple – well, I don't want to get into that, but I he played okay. He played okay. well. Okay. Uh, but he had, I think, COVID. Health and safety was what it was labeled. I saw that. But Portland has this back-and-forth game last night. We did a poll question on this. They get the win. They go into Sacramento. Woo! Uh, they really made the Kings look awful in the fourth quarter. Kings fans would argue, we got the whistle. We did. Suck it. Who cares? Um, but what was your takeaway from last night? Because to me, this is a pretty easy answer. 
And yet I don't, I don't, there doesn't seem to be a consensus answer here and there should be, but what is it for you? Well, it's, it is hard to single just one out because there were a lot of things that stood out last night. I, you know, I put the poll question up and we had a lot of people that responded. Can I answer all the above? And I gave the options of Hart and Winslow, the impact that they had both were terrific. I thought uh, Jeremy Grant just being kind of a unicorn that Portland really hasn't had in their lineup in the Damian Lillard era, a guy that's a four that can you know guard a point guard that can knock down an open shot and finish at the rim and play good defense. Um, and then obviously Nurkic not being a part of the closing lineup was eye-opening for some of us. Like, wow, they're actually doing this. They're sitting his ass on the bench. Thank God. This is exactly what, it, what I wanted to see from Chauncey Billups. The fourth option is, though, the option that I voted for. And I don't know how most fans wouldn't vote for this. Although, again, all these things were great positives out of your opening night win. And it was what you got from Shaden Sharp. Not just that he, he played well and he scored 12 points, which led all bench scores. Winslow had 11. He had 12. They were the only two guys on the bench to score. Uh, that he was efficient, that he knocked down some threes, that he looked like an NBA player. The fact that Chauncey Billups, and look, we're going to criticize coaches when I think they do stuff wrong, and I'm going to credit them when I think they do stuff right. The fact that he had the balls to make him the second guy off the bench, <laughs> let's go. Let's see what you got. Second quarter. I, mean, I think Winslow was your sixth man. And then it was Shaden Sharp. And for those who watch preseason basketball, I did not. Keon Johnson was your sixth man basically the entire preseason. And Shaden Sharp was picking up scrap minutes. And so I was just reading those reports thinking we're not going to see much of Sharp. He's, you know, maybe six or seven minutes here or there. But that's about it. He's not going to have a big impact. Him coming off the bench and getting 16 minutes in the game last night and playing the way that he played. I mean, it, it was eye-opening to see, oh, my God. Now, granted, caveat, one game, and that is going to be added to every sentence that is said about the game last night. But, dear God, you cannot start your NBA career better than what Shaden Sharp did last night. Well, so this is an easy answer for me, and I, I see your sentiment and everybody else's feelings of all the above. Sure, th there were a lot of things that were positive last night. There were some negatives. Um, to me, it's the easy answer, Shaden. I knew Jeremy Grant was going to fit in really well with this team. There was nothing he did last night that I was like, whoa, I didn't know he could do it. Jeremy Grant is going to be a nice addition. Jeremy Grant in one game, I don't care if it's against the Kings or the Santa Cruz Warriors, in one game, Jeremy Grant has shown that Joe Cronin made a better deal for a good player than Neil ever did. Yeah. Like, put that in perspective. A decade, and a we never got a Jeremy Grant. first-round pick is all it took to get him. A pick that doesn't convey until 2025. It's 2022, okay? Uh, Josh Hart knew he was gritty, knew he was tough. I tweeted it last night. He played exactly what his last name is, and I love that. We have a bulldog on our team. We got a couple bulldogs on this team. You do? Justice Winslow filled in just fine as a small ball five, filled in some time at the three, at the four. He kind of did what I expected. Ant struggled, got it going, struggled a little bit, got it going. Dame just didn't play well, couldn't find a shot, but that's okay because everybody else picked it up. It's Shaden, and it's not even close, right? Shaden getting the minutes, I think that point you brought up is important. I wasn't expecting it. No. And I give I give Chauncey Billups a lot of credit here. I think he's playing it the entire time, and I think he was slow playing the whole league on it. Why would you do that? I don't know, but why else would Shaden <laughs> suddenly get the minutes when Keon was getting those minutes in preseason? It didn't make a lot of sense. Keon was a DNP. I think there was a I think there's a big push, and this is just my read. This is not any intel. I think there's a big push internally. We gotta get these guys up. And I'll tell you why I think this. I talked to Joe Cronin a couple days ago this week, and he hinted at something. You brought it up yesterday. He talked about the balance of young mm -hmm. with Dame and how that's a very tough thing to do and how people can see that and he can understand 
hey, I don't think that's possible. He sees that. But he did mention it's going to be important for us if we want to get where we get to develop younger players. Now, to me, I didn't instantly go, Shaden's playing, what did he end up playing minutes-wise? 16 minutes. Shaden's playing 15 or more minutes. I didn't connect that. But as soon as he came off the bench as the seventh man, I did go there. I went, oh, and it clicked from my brain of what Joe said. And I'm not telling you Joe made that call. I think Joe is allowing Chauncey to be the coach. What I'm telling you is I think internally they are working together as a group, as an organization, and they understand in this Dame window, Ant looks good. He does. Okay? You got that solved. Jeremy, you got that solved at your four. We know what Josh is going to provide. You need something to be a spark. You need something to get through and become a very key piece. Shades drafted seventh. We're not playing the waiting game here for two years. We're playing him right away. I loved the move. And he came out, and I think hitting that first shot, big confidence factor. Kid looks good. He doesn't look lost. I thought he actually had some really good defensive moments. He, he had some lapses where he was trying to step in and, and get a steal, and he'd leave his guy in a corner open for a three. He can learn from that in film session. But I think it's crucial for them if they want to win and win on a big level sooner rather than later, they got to play him. So for me, it was an easy no-brainer. Shaden Sharp's the story. Baby Kobe, baby B-Roy, <laughs> whatever you want to call him, I don't care. But it was a very nice debut, and I'm really glad they're going to play him. There is no world now where you don't suddenly you don't play him anymore. 15 minutes a night at least. 15 minutes a night. He deserves it. He earned, He's as talented as anybody else. He shows what he's capable give of. Give him those minutes. I don't know how it works with GP2 coming back, but give him the minutes. Well, and look, it, it should be noted, and I know uh, our, our audience is very smart. He's going to have ups and downs. There's going to be games where he looks lost. There's going to be games where he has an off-shooting night. Absolutely. It's, it's not going to be 12 points, 4 no. or 6, 3 or 3 from 3 every single night. That's the benefit, though, of having a team that, look, I don't know how good this team's going to be. I don't know where they're going to finish. You asked for predictions. We put in our predictions yesterday. It's fun, right? We all project forward how we think they're going to do. You went six seed, by the way. I did go six you seed. Went, you went really high hey, in there. Feeling good, baby. One and oh. <laughs> well, I only got 43 more 43 wins to more go. Wins Let's go. Right. They're hitting yeah. 44. But what I will say is they're not winning anything meaningful this year. We can all agree on that, right? Whether you think they're the nine seed, the eight seed, the seven seed, the six seed, they're not winning anything meaningful. The most meaningful thing that is going to come from this season is what you highlighted and what Joe Cronin told you, and that is the development of your young stars. The further development of Anfordy Simons of figuring out, does this work? Are you simpatico with Dame at all times? They had a weird moment in the second half where Dame passed it to Ant. Ant brought it up. He was trying to tell Ant what to do. Ant didn't really know what he wanted him to do, and they ended up using a timeout in the fourth quarter. It's one of those like, eh, all right, we just some I think things, it's a miscommunication. Right? You just got to iron yeah. some stuff out, right? So that that's a priority. But also, Shaden Sharp brings an athletic ability. Uh, he, he can he can score off the dribble. He can knock down open shots. He showed that last night. Like he just brings something that you are desperately in need of. And I did have a chuckle last night watching him have that game. Not to be the I told you so guy, but for any Blazer fan that complained about tanking last year, it's like, yeah, you're welcome, okay? Losing a few games on purpose and gutting your roster to get a better draft pick sometimes can land you a nice thing. Again, this doesn't mean that Shaden Sharp is the next Kobe, but he's one for one so far in his NBA career, and it's a great place to start. But there were so many other takeaways I had, mainly being I love the fact that they're getting out and running in transition. I feel like Portland hasn't done that a lot. And it, it leads to loving certain aspects of the lineup that you're playing. 
that closing lineup of Winslow being the small five, Jeremy Grant playing the four, Hart with all his tenacity and grit and whatever cliche you want to use at the three, and then Damon Ann on the floor at the guards was a lot of fun to watch. They were incredibly effective, and it just, I, I don't know, I, I was, I had a lot of fun last night. I don't know how good Portland's going to be. They might not be great. But I know this team's going to be entertaining, and they're going to be fun to watch, and they were last night. And I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway is a fun watch. A team that is going to, some nights, you're going to get a little down. They're going to get blown out by Golden State or, you know, I know Denver lost last night to the, Denver or Milwaukee. Somebody, you know, they're going to get blown out. Their defense is not that great. No. But I do want to talk about a couple of things. I'll carry over this, and then we'll get to Mikey. I'm coming up at 730. Having a team that's fun to watch and interesting things to keep monitoring as the season is going on. So I'll tell you what that is. We'll talk about it a little bit more coming up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mike Yam coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll get into some more Oregon-UCLA stuff. Ken Barkley at 8 a.m. A lot more to discuss. I, so one thing I wanted to highlight from last night, because we do need to talk about the big guy down low, as they had to run small ball five in a closing lineup when baby Sabas was out there. Mm-hmm. You know, the other part, you watched that game last night, and you mentioned it there, fun. Now, some people roll their eyes. Oh, fun guys, we're going to be... The eight seed, that's fun. Like, okay, you want to win a championship. I know. Everybody wants to, the team to win a championship. It's hard to win a championship. It's maybe the hardest to win a title in that sport than any other because it's like if you don't have a dude. Or two dudes or, or three two dudes. dudes. Or three dudes. Like, <laughs> you got to have dudes. And your dudes need to be a certain height in most cases, and our dude is six <laughs> one. So it's, it's a challenge. There's no doubt. But I, I don't watch sports in every prism of like, well – like with a championship, so who cares? Like, yeah, that's miserable. That's a miserable existence for me. I can enjoy a team that's good or a team that's fun and fights hard. And I put in last night, we did predictions on our Twitter page, at Dirt and Spray, give us a follow. We will follow you back. Hey, you want your follower account to go up? Get our follower account to go up. Plus one. And we did predictions, and Swag actually almost, I was going to do 40 and 42 <laughs> Uh, nine seed. And then Swag texts in. I'm like, no, I'm not. Can't have the same no. prediction. I'm going to go 41, 41. I did do nine seed. You did 44 and 38, six seed. And that blew my mind. Uh, but predictions be damned. The one thing that I noticed about that team, they're fun. You know why they're fun, Dirt? 
because it's 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 a it's a roster of players we haven't had in a long time. Nope. It's and and they're not all six nine, six eight guys like Toronto has, but they're six two, six three to like six nine, full of just athletes, young, veteran, fast, jump, tough, gritty, like it's a team of just dudes. And so, like, what does that mean in the grand scheme or the grand or the, what am I trying to say? The, the grand, grand scheme of things. The grand scheme of things. I don't. I don't know. I, I dirt could be right. I could be right. We could all be wrong. I, I, who knows? But they have to play a lot of small ball five this year because I'm afraid that they gave the wrong guy the bag. They gave a guy that doesn't seem very motivated. They gave a guy who is somehow completely out of shape, despite the fact that he played this summer. Yeah, it's really weird because I thought he was in really good shape at the World Championships. He talked a lot about being in shape, and then the game. I saw started. highlights on Twitter. Didn't he look good too at those? It's, yeah, highlights aren't the game. That's true. Uh, I had people tweet me like, "Dude, I watched that game. He was breathing hard in those games too. He's just not cutting it, and he's driving Swag crazy to the point where Swag is tweeting. And so I think you're going to get more small ball five. Until they make a deal. And that's unfortunate because it's going to cost them a lot of games having to play that small. You're not always going against baby Sabas. You're going to go against better big. So No doubt about that. Yeah, you um, got DeAndre Ayton here on Friday. Yep. Ha- Future Blazer. I mean, probably. be honest with you. He hates that team. That team's weird. I would just send Nurk back on the flight back to Phoenix and Ayton stays here. There you go. A first Keon and Nurkic. Let's go. You got a deal? Make it happen, Phoenix. Uh, but no, I, I just I think that's an important part. We can talk about Nurkic here in a second because I feel like Swag would want to rant. But this team's fun. They're fun. And, and I want fun. I want to watch a game. And even if they break my heart in a loss, I yeah. want to go. This team is fun to watch. Well, play even basketball. in the first quarter. You saw all sorts of different defensive looks. They changed it up, and they were able to get some turnovers just because Sacramento didn't know if they were facing a zone. Then they came out in like a a half-court trap at one point. They go back to man on an inbounds play. And so just that deception, that confusion that Sacramento took an extra three or four seconds to figure out what the Blazers were doing and it allowed him to get some turnovers. Some of them weren't even forced. Some of it was just Fox coughing the ball up. Mm-hmm. And then they got out and run and finished. And you have Hart who can finish and Grant who can finish. And so it's such a revelation. So much more interesting to watch him do that. Uh, because it, they are going to have to use smoke and mirrors at some point against some of the teams. They just can't go out there and match up and one-on-one on all these I thought these they guys. did last night. I thought last night and was, it was great. smoke and mirrors. Well, yeah. and that's also defensively, too, without, you could argue, your best defender who was out for the first couple of weeks of the regular season, right? Like, I was thinking about that closing lineup, and they played, I thought, great defense in the final, what, two, three minutes of that game. Yep. Winslow was good as an undersized big kind of bodying up Sabas. They did a good job of throwing bodies at him so he couldn't finish around the rim, and they were doing that without having a guy like GP2 on the floor who yep. might be the best defender yep. on your roster. I just... That to have guys that are switchable, that can guard multiple positions, like that to me was the biggest eye-opener for Jeremy Grant. I knew Jeremy Grant was a good player. The numbers speak for themselves. I don't watch a lot of Detroit Pistons basketball. So outside of the numbers and when they play Portland, I don't have a lot of frame of reference for Jeremy Grant and the kind of player that he was. But seeing him be a big down low for chunks of that game and then late, like, hey, we need somebody when De'Aaron Fox is going on for 30 and nobody can stop him, 
can you go put your you know uh, your long wingspan on De'Aaron Fox, whether it be on an inbounds pass or when he's out at the outside of the three point line, mm-hmm. and he's long enough and he's quick enough to guard him out there as well. Like having that versatility is key in the modern NBA. We're we're getting away from positions, and it felt like that closing lineup was that. I mean, outside of Dame, who was a small guard, it felt like everybody else was athletic, quick, strong, like could switch and play multiple positions. Like that's what you want in a closing lineup. I thought Shaden had some moments defensively, which is a nice surprise. I thought Ann had some. It, it, the funny yeah. thing is, even Dame, like who is largely that's his weakness, his defense. I thought even Dame was pretty active. And so, like, again, they're, they're not going to be the best defense. I don't even know if they'll be in the top half of the league. But they showed effort, at least. Yeah, That's the thing is it's the effort, right? It's, and that's what half the battle on defense is. It's effort. There is a skill set, I think, to being a good defender, but a lot of it is effort. And I think they have a team of uh, guys who give a damn. And that's how they're going to, if they're going to surprise us and have a better season, yeah. that's how they're going to do it, is they give a damn and they face the right teams who don't give a damn. And that's why I think they could win – 40 or more games this year is because they have a team of guys who give a damn yeah. um, where they finish seed wise. I don't know, but last night was fun. What do we make of Nurkic? Where do we start there? <laughs> uh, to me, it's why did we give him four years? I don't know. Seven. I, I didn't four years, I, yeah. 70 million. I know it doesn't make any sense. You hope that they can trade him at some point. You're going to get killed when you play teams with an elite, an elite center. But I would argue even with a good center, you're probably going to get killed by MB. This is not an elite center. He's no. a no. really good power forward. He should yes. be a four, yeah. Yeah, you're not. I mean, they didn't have a dominant five last night, and that's why you were able to go Winslow in that small ball lineup in the fourth quarter. Yep. If you're playing Aiton or if you're playing Jokic, if you're playing Embiid, right? Like, that's just going to be a recipe for disaster. I didn't get that hung up on it last night because I knew it was going to be the issue and I knew it was going to be the weakness of this team. Not bad, though. It was was bad. He was not good. And then you have Drew Eubanks as your backup five. Like, you're going to get killed when you you play big teams this year. That is the weakness. But, again, I go back to the mindset, hopefully, of Joe Cronin. I've given him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here of saying they didn't want to let Nurkic walk for nothing. There wasn't a sign-and-trade partner. Let's get the deal done, see where we're at, and if that continues to be, which I expect it will be, the biggest issue come trade deadline time, you find a way to move him, package some future picks. Like, let's go get a center that's a difference maker if that continues to linger over your head. Swag, you don't tweet often, but when you do, I read it in a manner in which a 50-year-old is screaming and about to have a heart attack in the way I read your tweet last night. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I was, like <laughs> I said. Glad you're not dead. By no, the, the first, uh, for, no, first quarter, I, you know, I just love, you know, it was really about Chauncey and how he manipulated things and the defense and the effort and getting out in transition. But no, later there in that third quarter, when they were trying to go to Nurk, Dame, everybody was hitting him on the little pick and roll and he would just, I don't know. He refuses to take an extra dribble, land on two feet, go up, throw down, rip the rim down. I just don't understand why he won't be seven feet tall. I don't get it. Maybe you need a team of sports psychologists in there. I don't know how he's being coached. I can't imagine they're wanting him to do this all in one motion, catch, spin, flip it up there, whatever. But But it, it, I don't know. I don't know. He's been this, though. Like, that's the thing. Is, exactly. Like, I, I'm not surprised by changed. last night. Nothing's yeah. changed. Nothing was going to change. How? That's why I hated that deal. Do a two and a one at the oh, most. I know. You know what I mean? Do a two years with a team option third. It's an easier tradable asset. But what I've been explained is it's the price of doing business in this league 
in certain ways. You got to take care of some guys. Now you have to read the tea leaves on that, but basically like, hey, Portland's not a destination place. Who's his agency? Right. And there's a cost of doing business with certain, you know what I mean? You can, you can read that how you want to, but I, I still hate the deal. I hated the deal. And I actually felt the worst. I don't just say this because he's a fellow Beeve. Drew Eubanks actually would be a very serviceable five. If and he was 6'11". If he was 6'11". The, no. the, the poor kid is two and a half inches shorter than he should be. If he was two and a half inches shorter, he wouldn't be an all-world center. No. But we'd feel a hell of a lot better about having him on this roster on a regular basis versus, like, he's okay in spurts, and then other times he just gets beat on sheer size. And that, that sucks because he's an hell of an athlete, and he seems like a player that tries his ass off every time he plays. Yeah, yeah it's... He's going to show effort for you. It's going to be the issue. We knew it was going to be the issue. It's going to be the issue. The center position, Nurkic, the backup five, when you play bigs, that's going to be your problem all season long. And until you get to the trade deadline, there's not really much you can do about it at this point. Uh, all right. One and oh, there you go. On the road to 82 and oh. Let's get back into football. Ken Barkley at eight. We'll talk some Oregon UCLA coming up. We got crunch time around the corner, but Mike Yam, NFL Network and Pac 12 Series XM Radio. What are his thoughts on the Bruins Ducks? And then uh, hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast a little nfl with the yammer that's next in this wide world of sports some stories can slip through the cracks now before we do this Let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. 
All right, Davey, ticker time here on a Thursday. Brought to you in the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. And uh, let's talk some NFL and Pac-12 with our good friend, the Yammer, at Mike underscore Yam on Twitter. NFL Network, Anchor, Sirius XM host. Uh, Mike, good morning to you, man. Let's start with Oregon and UCLA. Uh, how excited, scale of 1 out of 10, hmm. how excited are we for this game and how is Mikey M feeling about this one? I don't know how you can't be not at a 10 right now just because of the significance. When you get game day, the national audience, two undefeated teams, two teams that are sitting in the top 10 knowing what the narrative has been for this league for a long period of time, even this season, to me there's like a ton of juice here. And by the way, I think we've all been waiting for UCLA to get back to this point. It took Chip a little bit of time here. I know some fans weren't exactly – enthused uh the last couple seasons but I-, I kept saying look young football team they're sort of built for this point and here we go i had some doubts obviously heading into the season because of some of the losses on the defensive side whether it was the draft or just guys kind of moving on and, and yet they've been able to do a pretty nice job right now so I- i'm really excited in the fact that this game is in eugene chip gets to go there i was there the last time chip was in eugene it didn't go well for him so uh to me there's a ton of juice in this game. Well, I want to get to the NFL with you, Amber, because there's a lot going on in the National Football League. But I, I do want to ask you one more on that game. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's Thursday, man. And I said on Wednesday, I kind of leaned UCLA. I might change my opinion by tomorrow. So it's okay if yours changes. But I ask you right now, where would you lean in terms of like who you think is going to be able to get that game? Yeah, I'm actually with you that I'm leaning UCLA. There's been some moments. Now, look. Oregon and what Bo's been able to do is is certainly impressive. I I think for a lot of us, it's hard to take the the taste out of that Georgia game out of our our mouth. And to me, the way UCLA has played, I have a little bit more confidence in DTR. If the run game gets going with Charbonnet, I I think it's lights out. I, I that's why it's a slight lean. But I have seen UCLA's secondary be susceptible and. Yet, you know, it's a slight lean. It's, it really is. Like, Dave, Dave, I, I'm like, as I'm saying it, like, I'm almost talking myself back to the Oregon side because there's so many positives you can point to on, uh, on certainly that side of the, uh, of the field, too. So uh, I think you characterized it well. Slight lean UCLA right now. I, I, yeah, it's, it's going to be such a great game. And all the numbers are so closely matched. It's like no matter where you go, yeah. it's just, yeah, people are going to feel one way or the other. But we know it's going to be a great game. And I have a, I have a feeling the over might hit. There's going to be a lot of offense on Odson on, 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 on Saturday. Let me ask you this, though, Yammer. Is this I, – I don't know how you feel about the Utah-USC game last week. I know the officiating yeah. was a big deal. It's like, ah, I mean, whatever. Bad, there's bad officiating everywhere. And you had a lot of opportunities with a two-score lead if you're USC to try and close that game out, not to mention some extra time at the end of the game to try and go get a field goal there. Is, are these the two best teams in the conference? Is Utah back in that mix for you? Is USC still in that mix despite the loss? Like, who are the two best teams right now to you in the pack? Oh, God. You know, and it's funny because we're we were just talking about the two undefeated teams. USC still scares me. Uh, Utah, obviously, is – God, I still want to say they're the most complete team in the conference. And yet, you know, record-wise, I don't know if you can go there, but you get a win like they just did. You, you sit there and you say to yourself, okay, how do you not point that way? You know what, to me, guys, I, I can't – Caleb, for me, is so damn talented yeah. that – it's so hard for me not to go in USC's direction. And I get it. Some fans are going to say, hey, you just made the case for Utah being the most complete team. 
he's so dynamic. I, I don't know if I said this to you guys a couple weeks ago when I was on with you. I don't know if there's been a better pro prospect in this conference over the last, you know, 10 years or so than Caleb Williams. And I get it. There's like other dudes that are out there and, and people immediately in your hood is, are going to say, Hey, what about Justin? You know, Justin Herbert. I don't know if people thought Justin was going to be what Justin is this quickly right out of school. You know, I, Caleb to me is he's so he's terrific. So I I'm not I'm like on the fence on all your questions right now and I feel awful about it. But I you know, I I don't know if I I'll come on with you guys next week if you want and then let me see how UCLA Oregon plays out and then I'll really go on record. Because I, I like it right? Like don't we need to see these two teams first go up against each other and then if UCLA wins, then you go, Oh, okay, like I don't man, it's UCLA, right? I mean yeah. Well, a big part of this too, Mike, is like a lot of it has to do with where the games are played, does it not? Like, does you does UCLA yeah. do what they do to Utah if they play that game at Rice Eccles? Does Utah come back and beat USC if they're playing that game in LA? Like a lot of this sometimes, and that's a tough part when you get to a conference title because it's at a neutral yeah. site. Like it's that that ways this, this, some of these places are really hard to go in and win. Well, I'll say it like this: you're a hundred percent accurate, but it also really depends on the field that you're talking about. When you talk about Rice Eccles, like that is as difficult a place to play, I think there is not only in this conference but certainly on the West Coast. You know, does Utah go and win that game if they're down in, at at the Cali? Maybe you know, like maybe, maybe that does happen. Yeah, you know, the USC crowd not exactly like Utah. Yeah. You know, there's some spots that I think home field does matter, which is part of the reason why you know this game in Eugene is is so significant because the fan base there, like that's a hard place to play. And obviously it's going to be rocking because of the magnitude of the game. So that's significant, but, but you're definitely on to something there. Uh, let me ask you this, uh, Mike. Uh, you were at, you took your first SoFi experience in on Monday Night Football. You and, and, oh, yeah. and Mooch went to that game, and it was a lot of fun. I thought the video was great that you guys put out there. Um, despite it being a home game for the Denver Broncos, I do want to <laughs> ask you, what, what, when you see it in person and when you've seen it so far this season, how do you put into words what you're seeing with Russell Wilson? Because he's doing right now, and you don't have to say anything on this if you don't want to, but he's doing this weird thing like he's he's injured immediately after playing bad, and then yesterday he's got, what did he say, like Wolverine blood or something, <laughs> and now he's feeling good and he's going to play. So it's like I don't really know how much to put into the injury thing, but what, what are you making of what you're seeing from Russell Wilson? Because, boy, what a reversal of, of player that we've seen here this season. It is hard to watch at times. And you guys know there are some pieces on on that team where they should not look like this. I mean, statistically speaking, you know, bottom five in a multitude of categories on the offensive side. They got seven total offensive touchdowns, guys, this season. Seven. Travis Kelsey has seven by himself. I mean, this is <laughs> it it's not pretty watching it. And like the execution is it's a disaster. Not being able to finish in the red zone consistently. You know, here's what worries me, guys, about Denver's offense. They had 11 days in between Thursday night football, which didn't look good, and the Monday night game, which didn't look good. And I felt to myself in that time, all right, they'll figure it out. This has been a few weeks now. They'll go back to the film. They'll, they'll, there's something that we don't know. And the fact that it still looked that bad – and the Chargers weren't world beaters in that game. Like, keep in mind, I mean, Justin got, didn't throw a touchdown in that game. I, whatever it was, like 206 and on the box in front of me. It was, you know, it wasn't, 
it wasn't a dynamic day offensively for them. Can you imagine how ugly it really would look for Denver if their defense wasn't, in my <laughs> mind, one of the top five defenses in the NFL? Like, this is bad. Pete Carroll and Seattle, man, they won that trade, and it is, it is not even close. The assets that they got, uh, knowing that they didn't have to spend $200-plus two, million on Russell Wilson, it's a huge win for that team as well. I, I don't know. You know, Michael Robinson, who's one of our analysts at NFL Network, made a great point. And he said, man, mutiny's on the way. He said, you're seeing it brewing on that sideline. Guys talking, guys chirping. Mm-hmm. It's, this is, this, I think this could get ugly real fast. Yeah. Uglier really fast. <laughs> yeah, it's already, yeah, you give that touchdown stat. Dear God, man, that was, I know they've been bad, and you hear something like that, it's just, wow, that is, that is really ugly. Let me ask you this, though, on, on other teams that are struggling. Which one is yeah. the biggest surprise to you? Like, you see Green Bay at home not be able to move the football in the Jets. They're 500 through six weeks. The Bucks somehow losing to the Steelers and all the stuff that's going on with yeah. Brady and his personal life at 3-3. Three and three. Hell, I'll even throw the Ravens in here, a team that I love and I picked to, I think, go to the AFC Championship game this year. They could be 6-0, and oh, and then they blow the lead late to the yeah. Giants. They're sitting there at 3-3. Three and three. Like, of these teams with high expectations coming into the year outside the Broncos, I guess the Raiders are in that category too, uh, which one that is struggling is surprising you the most? Yeah, look, I'm not as disappointed on the Ravens side. I shouldn't say disappointed. I'm not as concerned on the Ravens side. Look, it's it's leads in all of these games. It's 10-point-plus lead against the Giants. It's 17-point lead a couple times in, in some of these losses. So I, I'm less concerned about them. You know, the, the Packers thing worries me. 17-point yeah. loss mm-hmm. at home to the Jets? Like, I don't know the last time the Packers lost at Lambeau by 17. I, I mean, it has been, it's been a long time, you know, from a Bucks perspective, I am worried. I'm almost willing to give them some mulligans just because, you know, they haven't been healthy. So like that, that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and of all the teams, I'm like, this is weird to me. And I don't know if you guys feel this way. The Minnesota Vikings right now have one loss on the season. And yet every time I bring them up, in a show meeting or around the office, people give me this look like, oh, come on, man, the Vikings. And I go, and I said this the other day to someone, I said, yeah, no, like, that's fair. Like, I I think they're almost like a polarizing, disrespected team, at least at at our shop, right? But then I go, all you guys talk like, oh, it's all good with the Raiders. They'll figure it out. They got one win. (laughs) Now, I do do think Vegas' schedule lines up really nicely for them. Um, and I, they are the scariest one-win team, I think, maybe in the history of the NFL. And the pieces are there, and they outplayed Kansas City despite that loss. Um, of all the teams that you just made listed to me, the one that worries me the most is what's happening with, with the Packers. And then it's, it's probably the, the Bucks following that. And then I'm, I'm not as concerned about those other teams. I think the Raiders are going to get back into this race, and I think the Ravens are going to be okay. Uh, Jets Eagles Super Bowl. Should we book our tickets now? Should we lay a bet Let's now? Go. I mean, come on. You, look, I know the Jets winning in Lambeau by seventeen. I who sees that coming, right? Like that kind of domination. But man, I'm on it. I'm on the Jets. I think they're legit. They got a defense. My co-host hates them. He thinks they're awful. They're trash. Uh, he, he's not in on them. Uh, are you a Are you a J E T S Jets 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 man like myself? We got little wings on our uh, shirt. Yeah, yeah. Look, look. I'm, you know, man. I'm, I'm obviously in California. I've been here for for ten years. I am a Giants fan, but I, I root for the Jets. It's not like I'm a Mets fan and I root against the Yankees. I'm a, I'm a Giants fan. I don't root against the Jets. Like if they do well, I'm happy for their fan base. It's like all good for me. But 
I, I'm with you. I'm buying a little bit here. And I was starting to buy, you know, when Zach Wilson came back, I was worried about mobility for him. And, and he, he hasn't, he hasn't looked bad. Now I know it, there wasn't a world beater type performance from, from him, uh, you know, against the Packers, but Brees Hall looks, yeah, he does. looks legit. Mm-hmm. You know, like at this point of the season, do you say like, and I know there's often, don't ask me off the top of my head who are the other guys. But, um, you know, like he's on the short list, right, for rookie of the year honors on the offensive side. I, you know, he's been impressive. And you're right, like the defenses look good. You know, Aaron Rodgers was, was throwing at sauce a couple times. And it was like, no, man, like, you know, you keep throwing it my way. And at the end of the day, he's wearing the Chiefs head and the whole thing. I just – I'm I'm buying a little bit on this team, and I'm happy for a fan base. Look, look, they've done well in the draft. I think everyone felt like they were, you know, one of the three winningest teams coming off of this past draft. And some of these some of these additions that they've had are, are paying huge dividends right now. And I, look, the skill position players are coming along. They're still young, but this defense looks legit. So uh, I, I'm with you. I'm more buying than selling on that team. Well, New York City football is relevant for the first time in a long, long time. I'm happy for those fans out there, man. I'm happy for them. The Yammer, Mike Yam on the NFL Network, Sirius XM, at Mike underscore Yam. On Twitter, go give him a follow. We always appreciate the insight, the time, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Thanks, Yammer. You guys are the best, man. I always appreciate the invite. And enjoy Saturday, man. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. There you go. Mike Yam, good stuff from him on the NFL, on college football. And home field advantage in the Pac-12, which I think is playing a big, big role in how these seeds and rankings are, uh, and standings are shaken out. Besides the Georgia game, no team is going to benefit from home field more than yours. No, right? Exactly. Every big game for them on their schedule is at home. Is all at home, exactly. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that because i got a few thoughts on Oregon and UCLA. We'll get to Ken Barkley coming up at the top of the hour with some picks against the spread for the weekend. Back after this on the... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Pour the milk. Looks like me and Vincent caught you boys at breakfast. Chad. Part of a nutritious breakfast? Hamburgers. Hamburgers. The cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. It's time for the morning crunch. A look at the tastiest topics in sports. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. As low as $9.95 per month. No hassle, no pressure, no gimmicks, and no judgments. 
Hey, the Morning Crunch brought to you the fan bar. Good friends at Crunch Fitness as low as $9.99 a month. Locations in Beaverton, Aloha Division Center, and Vancouver. Go check them out. Crunch.com. I was out at the Glorious House of Gains yesterday after the show. Uh, we got a lot to get to in the final hour. Ken Barkley will join us coming up at 8. A couple of thoughts here on Oregon and UCLA. Well, we're going to have a lot more on this game tomorrow. Obviously, Wayne Cook will join us, the UCLA color analyst at 7.30. Anthony Newman will join us at 8 a.m. So it's going to be a – we're going to have a big Oregon-UCLA block party tomorrow uh, for going into the big game. One thing, though, I, w- I went back and listened to Dan Lanning's press conference on Monday night. He's going to be on with Isaac Souk today at 4. But there was one thing in there that stood out. A lot of the stuff like, you know, DTR's good. He's going to be tough to stop, plus one in the run game. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff's kind of basic. Uh, but one thing that he was asked about that I think is going to be a key in this game that Oregon has actually been really good at after the Georgia game. You can say that a lot about <laughs> a lot of things involving their football team. They've been much better since the Georgia game. Uh, but the, the middle eight, they call it, and Oregon has been a, a huge benefactor of this. It's the last four minutes of the first half in the first four minutes of the second half. Mm-hmm. And you go all the way back to the BYU game, which was their first you know, big game following the Georgia one. They scored the touchdown going into the locker room. They scored the touchdown coming out of the locker room. They won the game by 21. They were a plus 14 in the middle eight. They did it to Washington State at the end of the first half. They did it to Stanford at the end of the half. And they did it to Arizona at the end of the half. And Dan Lanning was asked about that Monday. And he said, you know, some of it's just luck, right? Like you defer, you get the ball. You also happen to get the ball at the end of the first half. It doesn't always work out that way. The timing of it. But I did think it was an interesting question and a, an interesting thing to keep an eye on for Saturday because it's kind of that forgotten, you know, momentum can go quickly in some of these games. You could have a close game that's, you know, 21-21, but Oregon gets the last possession of the first half. You can score, make it 28-21, and you get the ball coming out of the locker room, and you got a chance to push it to a 10- or 14-point lead. That's something Oregon's really excelled at this year. I think, you know, the tough thing, that's a great thing to be controlling um what the hell is that noise that was a leroy jenkins in there jenkins screaming at us i think we're editing and getting the podcast ready to go oh gotcha um i mean that's a great thing i like that landing acknowledges some of that sometimes it's just luck here's the tough part with me and and we can talk about this a lot tomorrow i think the hard thing for me is i i know what otson's home field advantage is i've seen it i've been in it it it's as loud a venue as i've been in in college football it really is and I don't think they're going to let that down on Saturday. I think they're going to be loud and proud and going nuts. That being said, I don't know how to gauge some of the stats you're going to throw at me today and tomorrow. Because as I go through these same stats and see what they are and who they are since Georgia, I don't have a game on their schedule that impresses me all that much. The comeback to win at Wazoo is impressive in the fact that I thought that was a surefire loss. Wazoo was going to win that game. And boom, 21 points in what? The final 248 of it. And you win it. Washington State's not as, they're not quite what we thought. And so even though UCLA has largely not left home, Colorado to me doesn't really count. Yeah, it's their only uh, road game, right? It's their only road game. Uh, They have the experience. They're not going to have guys going into that stadium wide. I go, oh, man, it's a loud environment. I think they have guys that are familiar with hostile environments with their careers and also, it's at least they've played Utah. Mm-hmm. And Utah's a damn good football team. Now, where they rank in the Pac-12, I don't know. I would pick Oregon to beat Utah, but Utah's still a very good test. It's a better test than anything Oregon's taken on so far. And I think that's the tough part for me to gauge from the, just an outside perspective, no phantom involved. I don't know how to gauge what Oregon's been since Georgia because of their schedule and the teams they faced. Mm-hmm. And I also don't quite understand or, or, or will unknow what the impact of home field advantage will be against UCLA. I seem to have an opinion on that. 
but I've also seen games at Autzen that I'm like, wow, this is this environment's kind of changing everything, man. Like this place is loud, and so I kind of have to go off schedule so far. And yeah, doing something at home against Utah is not the same as going to Rice Eccles and doing it, but it's it's a it's a tougher competition than anything Oregon's had, I think, since the Georgia game. Not that Oregon's not able to beat UCLA, but it's more it's tough to gauge some of the stat stuff because I don't think very highly of Stanford. I don't think very highly of Arizona. I don't think all that highly anymore of BYU. Like some of this stuff has changed since they've played those games. Yeah, it does make analyzing numbers and matchups really tough. It does. Because there's no doubt that UCLA's win over Utah is better than anything Oregon has on their resume. And I don't even know if it's close, although we will find out next week because Utah plays Wazoo. We're going to get that game on a Thursday night That's next in week. Pullman, too. It's in it? Pullman, I think, on a Thursday night. And to a Kook fan's point, like I brought up earlier in the show, it's nice to see the Pac-12 <laughs> helping their teams out. Wait, wait, Washington State gets a bye for so a Thursday does Utah. game? Utah's oh, got a yeah, bye, too. Touche, touche. So they're protecting teams. Like, yeah. how about that? Yeah. We're, we're not screwing teams over and making them play on a short week or go on the road after a big win. like Didn't Larry uh, Scott implement that, though? Am I, I wrong? I don't know. I feel like he did. And I just remember the year that stands out to me was the year, uh, it was 2018, I want to say, and Oregon played Washington, and mm-hmm. that was the overtime win where they came back and won. And wa- Oregon was coming off a bye. Washington had played on the road the week before, had to come to Autzen. Oregon was fresh. They beat him. The next week, Oregon had to go to Pullman, and Washington State was coming off of a bye. Oregon had that emotional win over UW. Game day was there, so you had to go on the road, yeah. play a team that was coming off a bye, and it's just like you're not helping teams out here for success. Look what the SEC's doing this week. Tennessee just had their biggest win in 30 years or 20 years, and they're getting them UT Martin this week. Like, hey, go win the game 21-10. to 10. Nobody cares. It's UT Martin, and then you got Kentucky and Georgia. Oh, they only win 21-10. <laughs> they will care. Like, they will care. There's a certain element that I do appreciate of, like, protect your teams, and you want everybody to be at full strength and healthy, and let's go duke it out. I don't want an injury to sway this game one way or the other or a team to have to limp in or come off an emotional win. So the Pac-12 has done a good job of that. But you're not wrong on the Utah thing, and it makes analyzing these numbers really hard. The thing that is hard for me with UCLA is what you brought up, and it's what's been lingering in my mind all week. What are they like in a hostile environment? I just I don't know that. Colorado's not a road game. They've played six games this year. Five of the six have been at home. they played nobody in non-conference, and I don't think the win against Washington – is what we thought it was at the time. Yeah, like Washington at the time sure. was undefeated, and they whooped up on him. It was like, oh, damn. And then you see Washington lose ASU. It's like, yeah, Washington, oh, they're an okay team, but it doesn't quite have the same cachet that it did that week. And now you're going on the road to a hostile environment, something you have not done all year, and we're at the end of October. I mean, Bama had a lot of experience. They went to Tennessee, and I, I do think Tennessee's home field advantage gave them yeah. the, the slight upper hand 150 there. 50 penalty yards in that game. And I think that's the kind of tough part to gauge with this stuff. In college, man, it always plays an impact, but I'm just kind of I'm kind of just basing on the fact that they have what? Was a fifth-year quarterback or, and yeah, all these a, returning starters. Like 15, yeah. 18 guys that returning from last year and guys that have been there for three, four years now, they have experience. Yep. Even Charbonnet and Bobo, like they're coming from different schools, but they played it, you know, in hostile situations at their old schools. So that's the, that's the thing to watch is the home field. How much does the home field play a factor into this thing? So far in all these big Pac-12 games, the home team has won every game. Uh, not Stanford against Oregon State. <laughs> Not Stanford against Oregon State. You were right there. Thank you for admitting that. Uh, we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. We'll talk a little bit about Thursday Night Football. Are we excited for this game? Do we care? you got Cardinals and Saints, and uh, we'll get to that in the final hour. We'll start, though, with our buddy Ken Barkley at You Better You Bet. What is he like this weekend in the gambling lines? That's next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.